Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Somebody say, God's working in my life. In a mighty way. Yeah, and he wants to do... He wants to do, and, and this I'm just quoting scripture to you now, Ephesians. He, he, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. All that we could ever ask or think. Now, that's what he wants to do. But I didn't say that's what he's going to do. He wants to do, he can do, and wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. But... You have to ask. You have to ask. Because you, ha- he, says, he said, you have not because you, you asked not. So, and he says, you've got to ask in faith. And if you don't ask in faith, then you shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. I'm still quoting from James. The book of James. He says, you've got to ask and you've got to ask in faith in order to receive from the Lord. So we need to ask. But he's a God who can do exceedingly abundantly above. And I want to add, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. But we have to ask. What he can do in our life is what we ask. Is what we ask for. And of course, you're not going to ask for it before, if you don't think it. You've got to think it first. Right? You're not going to ask for something you never thought of. So you've got to think of it first. That's why it's so important to get over in the Word of God. Renew your mind with God's Word. Because it raises your thinking. Yeah, it raises your thinking. Before the Word of God comes into a person's life, they're filled with a lot of stinking thinking. Yeah. Right? they got a lot of stinking thinking. But then that Word comes in there and goes, shows, shows it up, shows up the stinking thinking. And you look and go, man, my thinking's been stinking. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like when I first started reading the Bible, I had to hold my nose. <laughs> you know, when I first started reading it, because there was so much stinking thinking. I mean, it's like, oh, this is horrible. This is horrible. Oh, my goodness. The word wasn't horrible. It was just showing up what was horrible in my life. You know, you don't realize how stinking it is. You know, you don't really have to think it is if that's all you've ever lived in. That's all you've ever been around. You know, you just get used. How many people know you get used to odors? You know, there's some people, they live in a place and, well, I don't know if I want to go into this, but I probably don't have to. But, you know, you walk into their presence, you walk into their house and you're like, oh, and you look around and you think, does anybody else smell what I smell around here? <laughs> no, they just live that way. See, they don't, they don't know. They don't know any better. <clears throat> you know, you go, you go in the kitchen, they haven't changed the, the garbage bag in, in two months. You know? Banana peels, I mean black ones. Black banana peels, you know, on the counter and everything else. I mean, they just, they, they, and they're just living in that. You know, they're just, that's, that smells normal to them. You walk in and go, ooh. See? So you see, before you make fun of other people, though, you got to understand, there was a lot of stinking thinking yeah. in your life before you came to Jesus. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> and then we came to the Word of God. We came to the Word of God, and we begin to see that and get cleansed of that. Because the word, the word of God is likened to water, and that water just gets in there, and it just washes you. Wash, just washes your mind. It just cleanses you. Oh, thank God for the bath. Of the word of God. Yeah. We, that's why, you know, people think they need to get in the word of God because it's some kind of religious thing. Like, they need to get in the word of God to, like, please God. That's not what we get in the word of God. We get in the word of God because we want to get washed. Because we want to get clean. This is a dirty world. This world is actually filthy. But you see, a lot of what's going on in the world is very normal. 
It's very normal for the people in the world. And they don't see, they don't see how clean, unclean it is. They don't see how dirty, they don't see how vile these things are. There's a lot of it, it's just entertainment, it's enjoyment, it's normal. The way they talk, the way they live, the way they act, <clears throat> what they associate with. A lot of it is just normal to the people of the world. But then we get in the Word of God and we realize, oh, that, that really, that is bad stuff. And we don't want to go near it anymore. Right? Have you ever been in a place that smelled really bad and you just, you just say, oh, I just want to get out of here. Oh, man, I just, I, just, I just want to get out of here. I just want to get out of here. Well, that's how it should be when you go to certain places that people enjoy going to in the world. It's not a religious like, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can do whatever you want. But when your eyes become open, your nostrils become clear. Spiritually. You know, you say, I don't want to do that. I don't want, I don't want to go anywhere near that. I don't want anything to do with that. There's a lot of stuff you won't even be tempted with anymore. A lot of these, like, you know, that, that might tempt you right now. As you get in the Word of God and you get washed up and you get clean, you think, oh, I don't, I don't. oh man, that, man, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. It becomes repulsive to you. And you pull back from it. Uh, you don't party in it anymore. You don't, just, you don't just jump in it and, and have fun in it anymore. It's too repulsive to you. You're not tempted by it. You look at it, you see the unclean demons in it. You see the filthy things of, of the devil that are involved in so many of these things. You, you don't just see things just superficially, just according to the flesh. You know, your eyes are seeing things that they couldn't see before. Your ears are hearing things they couldn't hear before. I mean, there was a lot of music I used to listen to. And then, I, I mean, I loved it. Music was my thing, you know. And then I came to the Lord. And uh, I started hearing stuff in the lyrics. And I never heard it before. It was like I started hearing things. My ears started opening up. And there was a lot of stuff. It was glorifying Satan. It was glorifying Satan. It was just blatant Satanism. And I'm listening to this stuff. And, and man, I got so mad. I realized that the devil had been hoodwinking me all my life. And he's had me buying into this thing, celebrating him, singing about him, glorifying him. And I didn't have a clue, didn't have a clue till my ears became open, till my eyes became open. I began to see his glory, began to see his awesomeness, began to see his beauty, began to see his power. And in his light, we begin to see things that aren't right. Now, all of a sudden, all these things that aren't right, all these things that are Twisted and perverted and demented and causes people's lives to just get off track and confuses people and just messes people up. Now you, now you see these things as clear as could be. As clear as could be. And so you don't want anything to do with those things anymore. It's not like, oh, it's sinfully delicious. You, know, you don't have that attitude anymore. See, you get in the Word of God and the things of this world begin to take on a different taste different smell, a whole different appearance to you. And then you begin to get a craving for the things of God. You crave, you begin to crave that life of God. You crave that purity, that clean water of the word of God. You just love the clean water. You know, that's why it's difficult. You go, you go into a park and they got these fountains, water fountains in a park. I can't drink that water. You ever drink water from a water fountain in a, in a park? You must have been really desperate. You know, you're just, you're just so desperate. And you go over there. And you, oh, man. And, you, and, of course, you know, you think, how many people's mouths have been on this thing? Dear Lord. And so, but, man, you're just so thirsty. And Lord, bless the water, you know, as best you can, you know. You hit the button and forget about their mouths. It tastes like rust. Yeah, there's, like, no filter on the thing. I mean, it's just defiled. Just defiled water. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just hard. You're drinking out of a hose. You see people drinking out of a hose. Like, oh, my goodness. And you see, I couldn't do that. It'd be, very, it'd be very hard for me to drink out of a hose because we've got a nice filtration system in our house that filters the water. It's got reverse osmosis we have it here at the church, too. And it just, it's reverse osmosis, and the water's just really, really clean. Just gets all the empty. It's like, what is it, three, four? It's like five filters the thing runs through, you know. And it just gets that water really, really clean so that, man, you go back to water, just tap water. You taste the chlorine. You taste the impurities. 
Some of you look at me like, huh? <laughs> Get a filter system. That's today's message. God bless you. Go home and get a filter system. Obey God. Get a filter system. <laughs> no, but I mean, you see, you get, you get a taste for the good stuff, you see. And then all the impure stuff, you don't want anything to do with that anymore. See, that's what happened to Moses when he went up that mountain. And he began to experience God. Of course, he had been experiencing God. He'd been coming to God and God had been visiting with him and he'd been getting to know God and just the pureness of God, just, just filling his life, just purifying him. I mean, he was standing in the presence of God who is like a consuming fire. Just, it just burns up all impurities, every unclean thing. That's why demons cannot handle the presence of God. When God's presence is in manifestation, demons start manifesting. Because they've got to go. They've got to go. I mean, Jesus walked so pure. He was so clean. He had no sin about him whatsoever. He was so pure. He was so clean. That wherever he went, if there were demons, the demons, they couldn't hide themselves. They just, because, because that purity, that fire of God, that presence of God just drives out unclean, impure things. And if, and if you're an unclean, impure thing, it'll drive you out. And that's exactly what demons are. They're unclean. Unclean demons. And so Jesus, you know, he didn't have to have a big wrestling match when he cast out devils. He didn't say, devil, you come out in the name. He didn't have to go on and on and on and on. Jesus just walk in the room and he'd go, ah, ah, ah. And that purifying presence of God, man, just caused those demons to start freaking out. Just freaking out. I mean, Jesus walked into religious places where people worshipped. Right? You're going to synagogues. I know, in synagogues, you don't deem as people in synagogues, right? You've got very nice, dignified people in synagogues. At least that's how it looked until Jesus walked in there. Until something so pure and so clean as him walked in that place. And then it just showed up. Some of the most religious people began foaming at the mouth. Some of the most religious people had demons crying out, Ah! What have we to do with you? Jesus. And this is what they said. We know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. You're the Holy One of God. Man, that holy, that holy pure presence of God. You just freak demons out. So if you want to freak demons out, like out of your house, like out of your life, like out of your body, like out of your presence, you just want demons out. How do you want demons out? Out with the demons. How do we get the demons out? Walk in that purity, that holiness of God. Just walk in that holiness of God. Just let God continue to purify your life. Just purify your life. Gets you so pure. There's no place for demons. No place for demons. That's the place to live. Where there's no place for demons. Demons can't hang out in my presence. They have to come out. They have to go. And so, you know, Jesus, I mean, excuse me, Moses, Moses goes up that mountain and he's been experiencing God, experiencing God. His eyes have been open. He has seen so much of the heavenly realm of that holiness of God. But instead of getting to the place where he had enough, he cried out all the more. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Please show me your glory. And then even, you see it in the Psalms. The psalmists, they cried out for more of the glory of God. And you see Paul the Apostle, again, over in the book of Philippians. He's crying out for more of, he says, oh, to know him. To know, it's like, Paul, you know him. I mean, you've written three-fourths of the New Testament. I mean, you, and it's called the Word of God. I think, I, think, I think the Apostle Paul knew him pretty well. I mean, it was a point where he was taken up into the third heaven. And I mean, he saw the throne of God. He experienced a great depth of the glory, the awesomeness, the manifested mightiness of God. And yet here he, he cries out in Philippians, Oh, that I might know him. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. How about you? I want to know him more. I want to walk in that resurrection power of God, that life of God. 
And God's so good that he gave us the Holy Spirit when we got born again. The Spirit of God came to live on the inside of us. But then John the Baptist said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, that's a baptism of fire. That's not just the Spirit of God living inside you, but that's the holiness of God coming upon you like fire upon your life to just burn the chaff off of you and burn the chaff off of other people around you. To be a great influencer of the holiness of God. To just purify people's lives with the holy presence of God. Now again, if you want to be a demon, which nobody here wants. Does anybody want to be a demon? No. We have a sign-up table in the back if you, want to, if you want to be a demon. Nobody wants to be a demon. But when that holiness of God shows up, it drives demons, it drives demons out. And if people want to continue to fellowship with demons, if people are determined to hang on to their demons, guess what it's going to do to them? It'll drive them out too. We've got an example of that here in Acts chapter 5. As we continue in our series on the book of Acts. Acts, the fifth chapter. And the church, we just saw in chapter 4 last week, how they were just so full of generosity, so full of of, uh, gratitude to God for what God was doing, that these people were willing... To just give everything. They were running out. They were selling lands and, and just giving their money to the church so that the church could just grow and have no want and no lack. I mean, they were excited about it. So there's this great move of God taking place, and God's presence is so powerful, so strong in this place. Again, these folks were all just baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I mean, they kept the fire going. These aren't folks that they received the fire of God, spoke in tongues, and then, um, you know, went back to life as usual. These folks, they knew, man, they just got a hold of something in God. That's awesome. That is greater than what the Old Testament prophets had. Man, they just got a hold of something that Moses hadn't even seen. And they realized they got this fire of God in their life. Man, they just kept it going. They just kept fanning that flame. They just kept filling themselves up on the word of God. They just kept pursuing and seeking after God. And so they kept that fire going and thus it kept growing. You know, the fire that God places on your life needs to keep growing. Needs to keep growing. It needs to go from a little tongue of fire to great balls of fire. Goodness gracious. I'm preaching this morning. Great bowls of fire. That's what needs to be a part of our life. I mean, we need to be just full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And as we give God more and more place in our life to burn the chaff, to drive out the things that are impure, to drive out the unclean things, to get all those things out. And we're not sitting here trying to hang on to those things. We're not, we're not, we don't want to continue in that old stuff anymore. We, man, we, we, we've tasted and seen the Lord is good and we've smelt how bad that is. We're out of there. I mean, we're running. We're running. Running towards the Lord. We're pursuing him hot and heavy. Right? I mean, our hearts, like that deer panting for the water brook. So our souls long for him in a dry and thirsty land. Where there is no living water. Thank God we've got living water in Jesus. The world don't got it. But Jesus has it. He's got the living water. Hallelujah. And so, man, we're, we're going after it. That's exactly what they were doing. They were going after it. They didn't cool off. They didn't have like, a, you know, a cool down session. They didn't have a time where they just kind of cooled off a little bit. No, they just kept getting hotter and hotter and more intense. Just like Moses. Lord, show me, show me more, show me more, 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 more. And you think about it, just going back to Moses again. Here he's on the mountain. He wants, he wants to see more. And the people he's leading, God just put the Red Sea for him. God's showing them all these signs, wonders, miracles. God's doing all these great things in their life. And they're like, I want a golden calf. 
Let's go, let's go back to what we used to do in Egypt and let's, let's worship a golden calf. You look, you look and think, what's wrong with these people? Are you kidding me? <clears throat> I mean, they've come out here and they've experienced God and they want to go back to worshiping some false thing. Some thing made by man's hands. I mean, you just think of how ridiculous that is. And yet, a lot of people do do that after coming to Jesus. After coming to Jesus, they still want to go back. And they want to play with their golden calves of yesterday. They still want to hang around those things. Moses is like, no, God, man, show me more. My Lord, this is so good. Show me more. Show me more. And that's where you and I need to be. We need to be in that place. God, show me more. Show me more. We're, 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 we're hot and heavy after him. We're going after him. So that, that fire should be increasing, intensifying. No cool down. No, 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 no cool down. We're not going to have a day where we just, we just kind of cool, cool off. I like what the Apostle Paul said. He talked about all these hypocrites and phony balonies that were in the church. And, and he said, we didn't yield to them one hour. We didn't yield to them for one hour. We didn't give, in other words, we didn't give them the time of day. That's how we need to be concerning the devil and the things of the devil and the things of this fallen world. I don't have, I don't have any time to spend on nonsense. I don't have any time to spend on idols, on fake things. I'm too busy enjoying the real thing. Huh? The real thing. How many people after the real thing? You know, you get a whole, you get a taste for the real thing, and then the artificial thing, it just doesn't, it doesn't compare. Artificial stuff just does not compare. And even if you don't taste the difference, because they could be pretty good at, at, you know, tricking your taste buds out there, you know what I'm talking about, at the grocery store. They can be pretty good at, at, at affecting your, you know, deceiving your taste buds. But, you know, there's some things that when you eat it, you feel yucky afterwards. You know what I'm talking about? There's some things that's like, you know, I'm really, I, 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 I'm really kind of craving that. And then you have it, and afterwards you're like, man, I wish I didn't do that. How many people have ever said that? Yeah. Oh, a lot of hands on that one. Man, I wish I didn't eat that. I, I just, it wasn't worth it at all. Why? Because of how it made you feel. So it's not so much how it tasted. You know, you were craving that taste. And then once you satisfied the taste, then you had to deal with how it felt afterwards. Right? So it deceived your taste maybe, you know, to say it's a good thing. This is a wonderful thing. But then you felt it somewhere deeper down inside you. In your being, you felt this is not good. This, 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 I wish I didn't eat that. It's the same thing spiritually. It's the same thing with the things of the world. There's things that, you know, you, take, you partake of. You, you, you know, you, you get involved in things that seems great, looks good. But afterwards, it's like, uh, uh, ugh. Well, don't do it again. I mean, the Bible is very blunt about this. It says, as a dog returns to his vomit... I'm just quoting scripture to you. I'm not, I don't mean to be vulgar. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. I mean, you ever see a dog? I mean, I probably, does anybody know what I'm talking about? They throw up and they turn around and they go back to it. Start licking the thing up. Hey, dear Lord, what are you doing, dog? Get out of there! Dog ain't got any sense. He's thinking, man, that was good. I want to get that back. I'm, it's not going to taste the same. Stop. It's gone now. It's over. <laughs> Get away from that thing. But that's how a lot of folks are. You know, they come in, they taste and see that the Lord is good. They partake of him. And then, they, and then you look and they turn back and they go back to that mess. You think, what in the world? What are you doing that for? See? And that needs to be like, oh. That's how we, sh- that's how we should react to that. You know, that's how we should react to those messes behind us that we were engaged in, those things we were we look at. Oh, oh, oh. We shouldn't want to go back to it. So licking it up again, partaking of it, getting involved in that again, right? Like, my Lord, get me away from that. Somebody clean that thing up. I don't want to be, I don't want to be around that anymore, see. So that's what happens when God cleans you up. 
when God purifies you like that, you start your tastes for things intensify and get better. And even if it can get past your taste, there's a sense on the inside of you of right and wrong. So you got the Holy Spirit living inside you. And there's something on the inside that says, oh, no, man, that's, that's not good. I don't, I don't have fun doing that anymore. Right. See, I, I had a friend. His name was Carrie. And him and I, man, we were just, we were such good buddies. And I didn't know the Lord at the time. <clears throat> and so him and I, man, we just had fun. We had the same sense of humor. I mean, we even, we even looked a lot alike. And a lot of times people look and say, are you brothers? You know, we kidded around about it a lot. Are you brothers? Because, you know, we look like brothers. People said that a lot. And, and so we just, we, I mean, we just enjoyed each other's company so much. I never had a friend like that before. It was really great. Met him in high school. And then, uh, then I got saved. Man, I got fired up for God. My eyes were open. I saw things I never saw before. I just got in that word of God, dug in there. And God just transformed my life. So, of course, you know, I run and tell my friend about it. And he starts seeing it. He's like, wow. I remember I was over in Romans there. I can even tell you some of the things I was sharing with him. And we were sitting in my car. And he was like, wow, wow, you know. And so, so I was all excited. Anyway, he went home. And, uh, you know, he was Jewish. He went home, he told his dad, he started telling his parents about what I was sharing with them about Jesus. Man, as soon as he mentioned that name, his dad, he said his dad got so angry, he said that he never saw his dad react to anything like this before. His dad got in his face and said, you ever say that name around here again, I'll disown you and you'll have no place in this house. He said, all right, man. It scared the tar out of him. So the next time I met with him, I went to share, he shared that with me. He said, so don't talk to me about it anymore. I said, well, that, I don't talk to me about it anymore. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I mean, his father put such fear in him about Jesus that he didn't want to hear it anymore. I said, all right. I said, that's going to be tough to not talk about Jesus anymore, you know. So, but, you know, we were used to hanging out with each other all the time. So, you know, we'd still, hey, what are you doing? We'd get together and, uh, man, we'd just be with, the other, with each other for a little while. And he'd just, you know, the humor, you know, he'd start making jokes. And the jokes bothered me. It just bothered me. It wasn't funny to me anymore. I used to just laugh hysterically, you know. Now I'm like, I remember him looking at me saying, what, you can't laugh at the jokes anymore? I said, it's not funny. And, you know, we'd do something else, do something else. And, man, we were just going in two different directions. Two totally. I mean, we were like twins. Now we're going in two completely different directions. I have no regrets. I have no regrets. And I hope the day comes where he finds the Lord Jesus and he gets saved so he has no regrets. Because if anybody's going to regret anything, it would be him on that day when we leave this life. But I'm so grateful for what God showed me. But the things that were just humorous, the things that were fun, they just weren't funny anymore. It wasn't like I'd become this religious person. I can't do that anymore. Like I'm better than you. Like I'm holier than thou. You know what I'm saying? Like my nose is up in the air and like, you know, I'm just better than everybody else. It wasn't like that. It was just literally, it was just, ugh. Oh, man. Ah, I don't enjoy that anymore. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, man. And, and, so, and so you just start, you just start, Backing away from this, turning away from those things, turning away from those things, turning more into God, turn away from those things, turn more into where it's good, where it's clean, where it's exciting, praise God, where the fun never stops. See, it never stops. It's eternal, right? In his presence, come on, is fullness of joy and pleasures for forevermore. It doesn't stop. I mean, there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. It's actually a song. <clears throat> Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Now, I think it's Proverbs 15, verse 15. It says, he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Ooh, hallelujah. What do you mean a continual feast? Well, that's a party. You know, you have a feast. That's not just talking about, that's not just sitting down and having dinner. I mean, this is a feast. You know, we have feasts. We think of a Thanksgiving feast, right? It's a party. It's a celebration, you know? And so, he who's of a merry heart has a 
continual, everybody say continual, continual party. Continual party. And then again in Philippians it says, Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I say, rejoice. And what is that? What does it mean to rejoice? That means to brighten up. Praise God. Shout. Celebrate. Have a party. Have a party. So we could say it this way, a more modern translation. Party in the Lord always. And again, I say party. Because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Right? Always, always, always. Why? Because there's a joy on the inside. There's a feasting on the inside. There's a, there's a party on the inside, praise God, that the world didn't give to us and the world can't take it away from us. It don't matter what's going on around us. Glory be to God. There's a fountain of living water looking to spring up and refresh your life and refresh everybody around you and bless everybody around you. Woo, it wants to heal and deliver. Man, it's exciting. It's a party. That's what the Christian life is, friend. Now, I mean, you won't hear that in the religious world. But the Christian life is a continual party. It's a party. Ha-ha. Hallelujah. That's why we're so happy. Because we're always at a party. Book of Ecclesiastes says that a feast is made for laughter. That's why you have a party. It's so that folks can laugh, so folks can get happy, so folks can get excited. Yes. Praise God. So if you ain't partying, what are you doing? Are you Christianing? I mean, if you're going to Christian, then you're partying. Hello, somebody. Yeah. Unless you're living out of your head and just being overcome by the world around you. Don't be overcome by evil, but let the God in you, let the good in you overcome evil. Right? Don't let the evil overcome you. Overcome the evil with God. Overcome the evil with good. Overcome the evil with life. Overcome death with life. Overcome darkness with light. Overcome stress and strife with peace that surpasses all understanding. Man, let this spring up on the inside. We got we to gotta keep it flowing. We got to keep it growing. I'm talking about the fire. I'm talking about the fountain of living water. I'm talking about the life of God. I'm talking about the life of the Spirit being filled and overflowing, intoxicated on this life of God. That's why he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation or debauchery, depending on your translation. I like to say, which is a waste of time. Don't be drunk on wine. That's a waste of time. But be filled with the Spirit. Literally, that translates, but be ye being filled. Be ye being. Be continuously filled. See, that goes on with everything else we're saying. It's a continual thing. It's a continual thing. See, we've got to keep it going. I'm talking about keeping it going. Keeping the life of God going. How people know if you don't throw any wood on the fire, it's going to go out? You know, we like to do that in our backyard. We've got this little fire pit. You know, you go out there and, and you throw some wood on the thing. But then, you know, you walk away. And, and if, you don't, if you don't keep throwing wood on the thing, it just starts, it gets lower, lower, lower. And then it just starts smoldering. It starts smoldering. And it, there's been times, you know, we had that thing blazing. You know, we had the thing going so hot and so powerful that the next day, you know, you, you, I mean, you went to bed, you know, and it was just kind of smoldering out there. You went, the next day you go out there, it looks like it's all done, but if you get up close to it, you know, there's still these ambers, you know, and still, there's still some redness under there, and sure enough, you just throw, you just throw, you throw you, you, the, the wood is still so hot on the inside. You don't see the fire on the outside, but the wood is so hot. Some of you like that. We don't see the fire on the outside, but the wood is so hot. Come on, the word is so, the life, the faith of God is hot on the inside of you, just like. The smoke is trying to come out, come out your ears, right? And it's just, it's just this smoldering on the inside. But then you take, you just take another piece of wood. It hasn't been in the fire. It's not hot at all. It's just, it's just a dry piece of wood. And you just throw that thing on top of it. And all of a sudden, things are smoking like crazy. So it's getting all stirred up. That's what happens when you come to church. 
right? You get next to some cold logs. See, Christians aren't afraid of the dead logs, the cold logs, the dried up folks. We're not afraid of dry and waterless places, man. We're burning. Right? So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Don't go, you're not going to steal my joy. It's like, no, here, come over here. You joyless black hole of a vacuum life-sucking soul, come over here. Come next to me. Right? Just rub his shoulders on. We're not afraid of it. It's like, you're not going to steal my joy. So protective of what? You got, a con- you got something that's continual on the inside of you. Doesn't matter who you're married to. Doesn't matter about the work environment. I've I, I just had nothing. You got people that come to you, Pastor, will you pray that I'd get a job at a Christian bookstore? Because <laughs> there aren't too many of those left anymore and everything's online. But anyway, you know, that's how it used to be. Can I get a job? I want a job in a Christian bookstore. just drive me crazy at work. They're cursing and they're mean. It's like, I just want to go. <laughs> Is there anything in there? And that's your environment, buddy. That's where, that's where you want to be. Go out there and get some smoke going. Everybody smokes. Well, smoke them with the greater smoke. That's another thing, too. If you're smoking with God, need I say more? Why would you want to smoke anything else? Right? I don't understand. The Christians, they still want to smoke stuff, you know? It's like, I feel so sorry for that cigarette, too, you know? It's got fire on one end and a sucker on the other. No, smoke on one end, sucker on the other end, you know? Poor cigarette. I feel so sorry for that. Would you want to be a cigarette? No, of course not. We just we just burn up. So we get we get around the dry logs, man. We get around dry stuff. That doesn't intimidate us. That's our work environment. That's how we spread. That's how we spread. Give me some dry folks. Give me some dry stuff, and we'll just we'll get the fire spreading. It's not going to take our fire out, right? You start coming on and throw a bunch of dead sticks. You know, get around a bunch of dead heads. You know, that's not going to put your fire out. That's going to, that's going to get you inflamed. What am I saying? I'm saying we should be getting stirred up more and more and more. Not, not diminishing. Not diminishing. Not cooling off. Not cooling off. Man, we're, we're getting stirred up. We're looking for opportunities to be more and more stirred up. So we love coming to church. I love coming to church. I'm getting stirred up. I mean, I was happy before I came up here, but now, Wow. I'm really happy now. Praise God. Right? Come on. This is why we come. I have to fulfill my obligation. That's how it was growing up. We went to a religious church, and you went there because you had to fulfill an obligation. And you walked in there, like, shh. Leave your personality out there. You're a church. There's people that get offended because you're funny. All this laughing in church. What is this? What is this? This is church. I think some places they hand out straitjackets at the door, you know. You go in, you put your straitjacket on, you, you know. Service is over, you take the jacket off. <laughs> Pastor, it's, they, come to, they come to church. Pastor, it's not my personality. And then you get them out there. They're all over the place. <laughs> Cheers. Right? Also, and all the personalities out there, no personality. It's a dead place. In fact, I said this Wednesday night. Jesus, there was, there was seven churches he inspected. And he gave his assessment on all seven. One of them, he said, you're dead. You're dead. You're, you're not alive. You're not alive. And this is the church. This isn't, this isn't like the bar and grill. Down the block. I mean, this is church. These are Christians. And he says, it's dead. You're dead. There's no life in that place. 
There's no life in that place. Oh, man, my God. How many people know Jesus is the life of any party? Right? That's why the tax collectors and, and the sinners and everything else, you know, they didn't mind being around him. He was the life of the party. And he changed the way they did party. Has he changed the way you party? I hope he's changed the way you party. Praise God. And and it should be a change. It should be a change that you never want to go back to the old. You never want to go back to that pig slot. Come on, somebody. That's not even a temptation. Sodom and Gomorrah, man. We're out of here. We're running for the mountains. We're out of here. Praise God. Going after God 100%. Glory to God. Man, that's, that's the Christian life. That's how the early church was. They were just fired up. Fired up. And then, here in Acts chapter 5. In verse 1. We're continuing our series in the book of Acts. We've got a few minutes left. Hey, it's good though, isn't it? Come on, somebody. Are we, get, are we getting help? Let's get it. Let's not just get a story. Let's, let's get help. Let's get, let's get transformation. Let's make adjustments. Hopefully, there's some folks that are realizing, now, what in the world have I been doing? You know? What have I been doing? That's, that's, that's a Christian life. It isn't coming over and just like, well, I'm going to go to church now and make myself a better person. No, 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 no. You met Jesus. You met Jesus. You met purity. You met holiness. You met godliness. You're not playing with the world. So I'm a, I'm a Christian, but, but I still like to do this, and I still like to do that. That's so sad. Had you been a real Christian, growing in your faith, and maybe you were a Christian, but if you're not growing in your faith, then yeah, then I guess the world... Probably seems pretty good to you. But if you're growing in your faith, you're getting further and further away from that mess. Now, if you're just, if you're just around Christianity and not around Jesus, not around the presence and power of God, see, then you just continue as you've always been. You just, it's normal. The pig slop is normal. The smell of the world is normal to you. But man, you come over... Taste and see the Lord's good. You indulge in that. And you keep growing in your, in your faith. Keep growing in your faith. Keep experiencing. Keep seeing more of his glory. Keep seeing more of his glory. More of his glory. More of him. More of his beauty, power, his majesty, his amazingness, his wisdom, his truth, his purity. Oh, man. And, and you, just keep, you just keep growing in that. Then you don't want anything to do with that mess anymore. You don't want anything to do with that mess anymore. Praise God. So that's what we need to be. We need to be growing and going. If we're not, what are we? We've got to ask that question. You know. What are we? What are we doing? Some people, they're trying, they're trying to get as close to the, to the world as they can and still call themselves a Christian. Like, why? Why? It's Christian music. Listen to the lyrics. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No, look, it's about God. Okay. Waiting. Oh, there's God. Okay, there's God. Yep, there's God. I don't know. You know, you could put, again, you could be deceptive with lyrics. See, we're going back to like food, right? Let's go back to that just for a second. So you can deceive your taste buds, but then there's something else in you goes, ugh, I wish I didn't eat that, right? Okay, so the same thing with the music. You listen to some of this music, and it's like, yeah, it's Christian lyrics, but I don't know. My flesh seems to get more excited than my spirit. Right? My, my, flesh seems to get, my flesh seems to get stirred up, you know? My flesh, my emotions get all wound up. Makes me feel good. Well, that's what, that's what the world's music does. It gets, you, gets your emotions all fired up. No, 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 no. The music we listen to, it touches our spirit. It draws us to God. It makes us want Him. Right? It causes us to fall in love with Jesus. It glorifies, it really glorifies God, makes you want to glorify God. See, it just kind of unlocks and opens up the heavenly realm. See, that's what it needs to do. It's not, it's not to be entertainment for you and I. We're not, we're not looking to be entertained. 
We're our own entertainment. Right? We entertain ourselves. Because we're a continual party. So the entertainment never stops. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it should be fun being around you. Right? It should be fun being around you. Okay. So anyway. So, but we don't want to get over here where we're just living on the edge of the world. We should be so far over here. It's like, we don't want anything to do with that. Because there's another life that's so much better. That's the point. There's something that's so much better. It's not about not doing and can't having. It's about having, knowing, experiencing, living. Live. You know, we started this church. We, we were over there on Bartstown Road. And we were behind this little gun shop, you know. And we had, had this billboard out there on Bartstown Road. And it said, tired of living? No. Tired of existing? That's what it said. Tired of existing? Want to start living? Jesus is life, not religion. Call on him today. And then our phone number. Hallelujah. Tired of existing? I don't want to just exist. I want to live. Hallelujah. And I want to live it up, 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 up. and Keep going up, up, up. Praise God. Live it up. That's the life that you and I are supposed to be living. It's an upward life. It's not a downward life. It's not a downward life. We're not going down. We're going up. Can you say amen? I remember one of my first messages I preached. It was, it was entitled, lighten up, you're going up. Lighten up, you're going up. People get so uptight about things. So uptight. So uptight about the littlest things in life. It's like you got your eyes so much on the thing, you've lost sight of the heavenly realm. You've lost sight of your eternal destiny. You've lost sight of spiritual reality. You're over here and you're just so focused in on that thing. Now, I believe in getting focused in. Don't get me wrong. You've got to focus in on stuff. But don't, not at the expense of losing sight of the Holy Spirit, the life of God. See? See we're talking about keeping the flame going. The book of Acts. Early church got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, man. That fire never windled. It just got stronger and stronger and brighter and brighter and more and more beautiful, more and more powerful. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about just that thing growing and growing and growing and growing. So what was I saying? Huh? Lighten up, you're going up. Thanks. So I had to shoot off from that. Sometimes that's the risk of taking these side journeys. It's like... Can we get back? That's, can we get back? Thank God the Holy Ghost and the help of some friends. Praise God. So, but people get so focused in on fixing this and fixing that and looking at this and looking at that that they lose sight of him. We've got to train ourselves to keep him in that. Keep him in there. Ask, Holy Spirit, help me with this. Help us, help us get through this. Help us fix this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for leading us today. Thank you for guiding us today. Thank you, Lord. And just keep him involved in it. Keep involved in it. Keep the word. Keep the word going. Keep yourself in faith. Keep yourself in faith. Conscious of God. Believe in God. Trust in him. For his help in everything. Holy Spirit's our helper. He wants to help us. See, that's how we want to do everything. But you see, if you just get your eyes on the thing, then you forget about all these other things. And you become entangled with the affairs of this life. We're not to be all, again, this is straight jack. We're not to be entangled with the affairs of this life. The Bible says that God will keep you busy. Ecclesiastes. He'll keep you busy with the joy of your heart. Now God's, God's all about keeping you busy. He'll keep you moving and shaking. Going places and making things happen. Come on, somebody. And you'll be able to get a lot of stuff happen. Very efficient. Be able to get all kinds of things accomplished. Do all these great things. Accomplish all these great things in God. Without being entangled by any one of them. But there's some folks, the, the littlest task. The littlest task. And they're all entangled. They're in complete bondage over it. Oh, the carpet. Somebody got to get the carpet vacuum. Take the garbage out. They're in bondage. They're bound. They're bound by the garbage. It's sad. And there's other people doing all kinds of great things, not entangled by any of it. That's the life God has for us. A life where we are busy, full of joy. Huh? Because he's keeping us busy with the joy of our heart. We're accomplishing great things. 
And it's light and easy. It's light and easy. Praise God, I'm going to keep it light and easy. Well, the way you do that is don't take the care. Don't take care of things. Keep casting the care on Him. Keep con- be conscious of Him. Be mindful of Him. Think about Him. Amen. And lighten up. Because ultimately, you're, you're going up. Hallelujah. Hey, worst comes to worst. You never get the carpet cleaned up. But you know what? You're going to a place where they don't need any vacuums. I'm talking about a heavenly home. Praise God. God's got a place for you up yonder. Glory be to God. Where the streets are pure gold. There's no street sweepers. Praise God in heaven. The garbage men are out of business. Bless God in heaven. There's no waste. Everything's pure. Everything's good. Everything's useful. Everything's working. Huh? Come on. There's no garbage. There's no, there's no waste. Everything is just burned and used. Oh, hallelujah. That's heaven, man. Heaven is efficient. Heaven is a very, very efficient place. And that's the place we're from. And that's the place we're going. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm on my way to heaven. Shouting the victory. Hallelujah. Say what we say. The Christian life. It's a happy life. It's a continual party. That's right. See, because we're growing in our faith. We're going on and on from faith to faith, glory to glory. Right? We're not playing. Playing church? Play, why, why play church when you can actually have church? Right? Just, just throw yourself into it. Just throw yourself into it. Enjoy. Indulge. Amen. Enjoy yourself. See, don't just play church. See, over here in Acts chapter 5, there was this great move of God going on. A great move of God going on. Then, there was this couple in the church. There was this couple in the church that came to play church. They were not sincere. I mean, people were sincere. People were sincerely excited about Jesus. People were seriously filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they were fired up. And I mean, they're giving and they're loving God and they're loving doing what they're doing. And then these two people show up and they're a part of it and everything else. And then they just start playing church and it costs them big time. And we'll talk about that next time when we come together at Life of Faith Bible Church. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stand on our feet? Let's thank the Lord. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.